Awesome. If you are a dad, I want you to stand up. If you're a dad, stand up all over. Right here in Gulf Breeze, in the bar. Stand up in Blackwater. If you're at home, stand up wherever you are. Let's make some noise. Let's put our hands together. Happy Father's Day, men. Happy Father's Day. No, no, no. Stay standing. Stay standing. Turn to another guy. Turn to another guy and tell him Happy Father's Day. That's right. Awesome. All right, now, before you're seated, here's what we're going to do. If you're sitting next to your wife, when you get seated, you get a kiss. If you're on stage with a microphone, your wife runs to the stage and gives you a kiss. What, whatever your situation is, you're going to get a kiss. Here we go. Ready? One, two, three. Go steal a kiss. Steal a kiss. Awesome. Well, I love Father's Day. And the reason why I love Father's Day is I got a great dad. I already told you in private, but in public, dad, happy Father's Day. I love you. I was thinking this morning while I was shaving, I was thinking, man, this has been, what, two some two years? We hired you two summers ago, two years that you've been on staff. And just how good God is. God is so good. And, you know, we don't all have our fathers around. Fathers are extremely special. No matter how old or how young you are, if your father is still alive, you need to let them know how much you love them. How much you appreciate them, how much you look up to them, and how much you respect them. I love that. Happy Father's Day. Today, my goal is to help you, really to equip you. And uh, so we're going to jump in. Um, I really want to focus on one verse. Y'all pray for me. Um, My voice is on fumes, and I'm not sick. Don't worry about that if I gave you a hug. I'm not sick. Um just uh just got back from momentum kids camp big city camp it was amazing momentum kids camp and i had the privilege to volunteer and be a counselor and we had so much fun it was incredible and i just want to say you know like this is the first year we did it with our kids this next week we have middle school camp i'll get to be with our middle schoolers and then in july we'll have high school camp and, and Jesus loves kids. You know that? Jesus just loves kids. And I think, you know, my, one of my best friends, Jim Witten, Pastor Jim, y'all remember Pastor Jim. He just became a father yesterday. And um, so, Jimmy, if you're listening to this, happy Father's Day. And it's uh, just so awesome seeing it through his eyes for the first time. And I think there's that desire in every man pretty much to be a father. And then sometimes, somewhere along the road, we lose that desire if we're not careful. Or should I say we lose that appreciation? And so today, I just really want to, I just really want God to use me. It's my prayer. I just humble myself and let the Lord speak through me today that many of you would leave, if you're a father, um, if you're a father, that you would leave equipped to be a better dad. And you say, well, me and my wife are empty nesters. Well, that's great. It's never too late to either continue or begin or begin again to be a great dad. And so I know relationships sometimes are messy. It's like spaghetti. I mean, it gets all knotted up and twisted up. Um, I I know there are many people here um, listening either online or online campus or many people in Navarre or Blackwater here in Gulf Breeze. And the truth is you and your dad, um, you're not as close as you used to be. Maybe you had a falling out. So I just want to speak today. I think God, I know God has a message for you dads today because God had a message for me today and uh, I want to be preached to. I like preaching. I want to be challenged. I want the word of God to do a work in my heart. Are you with me? And so I'm super excited today. I'm going to tone down the hype, hyperness <laughs> just a little bit, but I'm going to bring it today. Y'all pray for me. I just want to say a quick word of prayer. I do believe today's a holy day. I do believe that today God is going to turn the hearts of fathers to their children and grandchildren and the hearts of children and grandchildren to their fathers and grandfathers. So would you pray with me? Father God, I do love you. We just love the songs that we sang today and worship God. Lord, you're everything that we sang and so, so much more. We are loved by you. You are a good 
Father. And there's nothing we could do to earn. Lord, we can't be good enough. On our best day, we don't deserve it. But I'm so thankful that that's why you came. Because you knew as children, we would need help. And so a loving, heavenly Father came to our rescue. And I thank you for your heart. Help us to see it today. Make us better fathers, I pray. Help us to appreciate our fathers and love them even more today. In Jesus' name and all God's people said, amen. So there's a couple of verses I'm going to read from, from today, but, but really there's just one verse that's the text. And, and in Ephesians 6, just kind of let me set it up here real quick. In, in Ephesians 6, a lot of people know Ephesians 6 as spiritual warfare. Because Ephesians 6, if, if, if you want to read something, go to Ephesians 6. Ephesians 6 begins to explain this thing like we are in a real battle. And we wrestle, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. We wrestle against evil rulers, spiritual, wicked rulers, ones we cannot see. You know, the Bible says that when the devil rebelled against God, one-third of the angels went with them. They rebelled too. Two-thirds stayed. One-third went with the enemy. The Bible calls those spirits that have fallen, those angels that have fallen. He calls, the Bible calls those demons, and they're real. They're real. They're, they're more real than anything you've ever experienced. They're very real. And we don't, we don't see demons. We don't see them, but they're actively at work. They are at work, and they're at work men to take you down. Nothing's taking men down quicker. Nothing is ruining intimacy and spoiling marriages more than pornography. It's just the truth. And it's, it's, it's the sin of our day for men. And it's swallowing, it's swallowing men alive. I was, and I'm not here to preach on pornography, but I would dare say 85 to 95% of men here today at church struggle with pornography. I was reading this story last night. Um, in Indonesia, a woman got up in the middle of the night. This just happened. Maybe you read this. But she got up in the middle of the night just a few days ago. And she got up because wild boars had been like eating the corn. And she had a cornfield. And that was her substance. I mean, that was her living. That was how she provided for her family. And so she got up. She took a flashlight with her. And she took a machete with her. And she went a half a mile to her field of corn to try to protect her hard work try to protect the harvest that was getting ready to come in from these wild boars that had just been ravishing. They're like free meal. The problem is on her way, there was a, I think, 23-foot python and a certain type of python that uh, literally strikes its prey. They bite it, and then, of course, they do what constrictors do. They, they constrict it, and, and then they swallow it. And this snake... This just two days ago, second time this year in Indonesia, this snake swallowed this 54-year-old mother whole. She dropped her flashlight machete and her house shoes. And uh, the next day, the town got together and just, 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 a few, uh, just a few couple yards from where her flashlight machete was, was this snake that could not move. Because it literally has swallowed her whole. Are you with me? Now, I use that illustration not to say Happy Father's Day. (laughs) It's going to be very uplifting today. But I tell you that story because you know what? I can't tell you how many men I've seen swallowed by the enemy. Like they thought there was something they were going to battle. What they didn't realize is that the enemy was waiting in the darkness of night, sneak attack, surprise, strike, squeeze, swallow. The Bible says that we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. We got a real enemy and fathers, listen to me. You need to listen to me and here's why. If you want to tune me out, here's the reason why I want to reel you back in. Because the enemy has a strategy to either distract, dilute, or destroy your heart in such a way that you miss the opportunity of influencing your children. That's what the enemy wants to do. 
He wants to take you out. And God didn't want that to happen. I've seen so many. I, I lead a group. We, uh, we believe in uh, community groups around here. And I lead a group called Wild at Heart. Um, in this book, every man ought to read this. Every teenage boy ought to read this. Every mother who has boys ought to do yourself a favor. Buy this book and either listen to it, read it, download it, whatever you got to do. But get this book in your hands and, uh, and consume this book. Um, in dealing with men over the years, especially fathers, what I, what I found out is that every man carries a wound. And the wound is normally always given by the father. The problem is dad wounds a child at a young age. And every boy has the question, do I have what it takes? Every little girl has the question, am I beautiful? And I'm not down in moms because moms do so much. In fact, in the text today, you're going to notice God addresses children and fathers and mothers get a free pass. So I'm not here to to downplay the role of a mother, but I I want you to understand something. There is something, listen to me, there is something about a father that a father can answer that question. And he can answer that question. What I'm saying is the children, it's not that they love daddy more than mama. Um, Oftentimes I think my kids love mama more than daddy. They love them to mama, which is a great thing. She's awesome. But but these kids, they want to get this answer from daddy. Are you with me? And the answer to the question is yes, but if daddy doesn't answer the question, if daddy doesn't tell that girl you are beautiful, she'll spend the rest of her life thinking she's not. And she can be the most beautiful woman in the room. She can be the woman that all the guys are like, holy cow, look at her. Wow. And she can still be insecure because daddy never answered the question. Daddies, you've got to answer that question. If you don't, middle school and high school boys would love to. Got to answer the question. And then your son, your son needs to know that he has what it takes. It's okay for him to be dangerous. Don't um, pass out because he gets a bruise, mamas. Are you with me? Are you with me? It's okay for him to get bruised legs. That's good. It builds character. Can I get an amen from the daddies? We're trying to raise them to be boys. Are you with me? Don't sissify them. We're trying to raise them to be boys. Can I just get an amen there? Come on, I'm trying to preach today. You got to help me out, Navar. My voice says, shall help me out? We, in, in a generation when people are confused about what they are, in a generation where people are confused about who they are, the world needs a daddy to stand up and to bring up these children. That's what the world needs. That's what our school systems need. They need a daddy. Now, I get it. There are people here, you're a single mom. I get it. And I want to tell you, he's a father to the fatherless. That a preach right there. I just got chills. I just got chills. Come on. He is a father to the fatherless. We were just in Haiti. We saw so many kids. We saw and we stayed at an orphanage. We're looking at all these beautiful kids and, and, and just thinking, God, thank you that you are there when daddy isn't. One of the leaders opened up and told us about how that he lost his mama and his daddy. We live in a real war, man, where the enemy wants to take fathers out. And so, listen, dads, it's time to stand up. We got a battle to fight. And the battle is for the hearts of our kids. Quit being passive. There's a battle to fight. Get off the couch. Get in the game. If you're in the game, awesome. Stay in the game. If you're in the game and you're staying in the game, awesome. Win the game. Win the game. There's a game to win. There's a battle to fight. And I'm telling you, so much hangs in the balance. And I've experienced being in these groups with men that so many men were taken out by their dad at an early age. And it wasn't, I don't believe for a second, that daddy wanted to take them out. I just believe the enemy has a strategy. He's a master strategist. And if daddy isn't walking with Jesus, daddy can hurt his kids so fast. He doesn't even know it. In fact, some boys carry wounds for years. You with me? Are we dragging today? And this isn't a beat up on dad day. This is not that. But I just want to say the truth is, men, and, and we don't open up very much. We don't. But the truth is, whenever we do these groups, men, big, strong men, they open up. And what you find out 
is that daddy didn't have time for them. You know how you spell love to a child? T-I-M-E. That's how you spell love. And we don't remember days. We remember moments. Your kids remember moments. That's why they need you to get in the game. Well, I don't like to do this. I don't like to do that. It ain't about you. You gave up about you when you decide to have kids. I meant sex. I meant kids. Tension, they say, creates attention. How are we doing? We doing good? Am I doing good? Am I doing my job today? All right, y'all awake. I'm not boring anybody, am I? So it's not about us anymore. When we have kids, we got a job to do. And that's what I want to, that's, that's the why, just in case you thought, oh, here we go, another Father's Day. Hopefully I hooked you. Now let's get into it. Let's go to Ephesians. In Ephesians chapter 6, yeah, it talks about spiritual warfare, but it starts out with children. It says something like this. It says, children, obey your parents in the Lord. And I had the privilege to speak to the kids at camp this week, and this is what I talked about. I talked about children obeying your parents. How many parents are thankful your kids went to camp? And it goes on, it says, honor your father and mother. So you can obey, honor steps it up. Dad, you taught me at a young age that obedience was doing what I was told to do. When I was told to do it with the right heart attitude. Mom, y'all drilled that down. And I got it. It's in there, I promise you. Doing what you're told to do, when you're told to do it with the right heart attitude. Because you can do what you're told to do and not do it when, and it's not obedience. Same thing with God. Ask Jonah. Um, you can do what you're told to do and do it when you're told to do it and do it with a bad attitude. That's not obedience. It certainly is an honor. And so God addresses kids and he says, hey, hey, this is, second, this is the first commandment with promise that if you will honor your father and your mother, it will go well with you. You have a long life. Who wants a long life? If you're a teenager, you want a long life. Listen to me. Honor your parents. And then verse 4 addresses dads. Mamas get skipped. I mean, mamas get the fast pass. Mamas go straight to the front of the line. They do. But then I'm like, didn't they eat the apple first? No, I'm just kidding. I'm just teasing. I'm just joking. I got you. Got you. Y'all pray for me. I'm just teasing. Uh, fathers, here we go, verse 4. That's where we have fathers. Here we go. Fathers, look at the verse here. Fathers, fathers. What does it say? Do not, what's the next word? Provoke. There are two points to this verse. I really want you to see it. I want to illustrate it. I want to get out of here. Fathers, do not provoke. Do not provoke your children to what? Anger. You ever done that? Now, let's think about our parents for a minute. Did your parents ever provoke you? anger my parents are sitting on the front row saying (laughs) did you ever do that it's funny we're on the mission trip we're talking about different things and some of us we're talking about things that we hate you know as far as like eating food that we hate you know and sometimes parents just eat it eat it all in fact I'm going to give you three more scoops it's good for you I hate lima beans eat it finish your beets you know, right, right, like what, what is it? You remember that? How many of you got a story? Mom and dad made you eat something. To this day as an adult, you won't touch it. Raise your hand. All right, good stuff. Mm-hmm. Provoke. And, and this word fathers in the Greek, this word fathers is, it is talking to parents. But it's also the same Greek word used in Hebrews speaking directly about a particular father. So let's just talk to dads today. Can we fathers? Fathers, do not provoke your children. Don't provoke them to anger. Now, why would God say that? Because God knows that dads can provoke their kids to anger. That's why God's was, God would say, don't do it. And, and how do we do that? By the way we treat them. So the title of the message today is, treat them, don't mistreat them. As a dad, right? Like that's the takeaway. The title's treat them. Um, the takeaway is treat them, don't mistreat them. Don't mistreat them. And Mom, you told me something that really put it in perspective for me this week. Um, really put a handle on it for me. Help me wrap my arms around it. And that is this. If you have kids, you get 18 summers with them. That's it. 18 summers. And the truth is, um, as Davis and I, Davis, you and Navarro, shout out to you, sir. Green team. Yes, sir. Um, that was a camp thing. That's all right. We got it. We got it. You want me to do the chant? Karen, you want me to do? No. <laughs> she said, I want to hear it one more time, Pastor Tim. 
You know what? Here's the truth. We were talking about these summers, 18 summers. The truth is you don't get 18 summers because they're going to get older. They're going to get friends that are going to come on the trip. They're going to they're gonna be really, really young. And you're not going to really. We're talking about memories. Are you with me? Memories, moments with these kids. Don't provoke them to anger by the way you treat them. Rather, bring them up with the discipline and instruction that comes from the Lord. Let's break this verse down. We're going to see how God's a good father, and uh, we're, we're going to wrap it up. So, you know what? I started thinking just about me and the things that I've done. So, I want to confess. Is that all right? As a father, I've been impatient. In fact, the truth is, if you ask, Mo, if you ask any of us, um, I mean, the last thing we want from dad is impatient. Impatience. We want dad to be patient with us. We probably have a story. I mean, dad's awesome. We all probably got a little story where dad got impatient. Dads tend to be impatient. Is this true? Mamas, they can just block it out. You know, it's a gift from God. It's a curse to men. You know, they didn't have all this stuff going on. Dads, we come home, Jeremy. <laughs> We're like, can you not hear that? You know, they're like, what? what? We just, after a while, they just, they, they do. They, they, they're around it all the time. Dads were like, they're breathing. Stop it. It's too noisy in here. We get so impatient sometimes with kids. Sometimes we can be insensitive. We can be insensitive. Sometimes we do it on purpose. Sometimes we do it on accident. I've been insensitive. Um, so I got three kids, and they're all uniquely different and uniquely awesome. Are you with me? If you understand the personality of kids, the birth order, that kind of stuff, um, you're, you're tracking with me. But, but our oldest, Jaden, Jaden is just, he's, he's a good kid. He's not perfect. None of them are. He might be a little more perfect than the other ones, but <laughs> a little more perfect. But he, he has a tender heart, and he's sensitive. And I, I'm trying to help him. I'm like, it's good to be sensitive to God, but that sensitivity thing with, like, people, we got to work on it. And so, anyways, we're at camp, and we're playing this game, and we're in it, and our boys are in it, and we're playing, and, and anyways, there, there was a, a call, a questionable call, it should have been questionable, but it was a questionable call, and, um, and so, we came over here, and they were like, and, and they were like, what is it, it was out, no, it's in, it's out, it's in, and man, we're just passionate, like, that's how God created us to be, right, and so we're passionate, we're going, and so I see Jaden, and Jaden's like, it was out, now Jaden's deal is volleyball, Jaden wasn't in a good spot to see it, honestly, but that's besides the point. Don't tell him I said that. I'm not competitive. Um, and so anyways, so I look, I look, and like, I'm just like, we're all in the moment, man. Davis and I, our boys are hyped up. They said at the beginning of camp, come up with a cheer or a chant. Get really excited. We want to see that energy all week long. After about the fourth time, they were tired of us, but that's okay. So we're, we're fired up, man. We're like, come on, green machine, green machine. Come on, baby, who are we? And, and we're going. And so anyway, so Jane says, no, it's out. And I looked at him and like totally playing, but totally fully convinced, I'm sure. Convincing. I was like, come on, ref. Might have been when I lost my voice. I said, come on, ref, get some glasses. You can't see. And I was just totally like that. And I, I'm, I don't even know what my face looked like. I know I was red from trying to win the game. But I just, just right into it. And just, but in my heart, totally playing. And as soon as I was done, I was going to be like, J-Man, just kidding, bro. Like that, the problem was, I never got to the J-Man just playing, bro. Because as soon as I finished, there were tears in his eyes. I just feel like I got judged. Thank you. Happy Father's Day, Tim. You know what happened? What happened as soon as I saw that? <sighs> mulligan. Wish I had a mulligan. He'll remember that. So as soon as game's over, well, before the game was over, I apologized to him. Then when the game was over, I went over, and I just told him, I said, buddy, I don't even know how this looked. I'm sure I was 100% convincing. That was part of the act. It's like, but at the very end, I was going to say, I'm just messing with you. But none of that mattered because I heard him. You with me? And he forgave me. Kids are resilient, thank God. Can we get an amen right there? Kids are resilient. And um, I got, it's interesting, I got Happy Father's Day cards from everyone except for Jaden, but no, I'm just, I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm just joking. You know, he hugged me and he said, Dad, it's okay. I forgive you. I forgive you. And I just, I had tears in my eyes, man. 
because I didn't mean to hurt him. Sometimes we can be insensitive as fathers. And I think dads, dad, we like the way that sounds, right? Sometimes we can be like that. And what we don't understand, what we don't understand is they have a tender heart. And it goes for girls too, not just boys. We got to be careful. We need to be careful with our heart. I messed up. I screwed up. I just did this a few days ago <laughs> at camp, <laughs> Christian camp. And uh, <laughs> way to go, Pastor. We mess up. I mess up. You messed up. Some of y'all messed up. When you mess up, fess up. He said this, don't provoke them. How do we provoke them? A few more things, and then we're going to get on to what he does say to do. Man, I've been overbearing at times. I've demanded strict obedience at times. I've had rigid, domineering authority. Sometimes I haven't considered my kids. Someone taught me at an early age, say early age in student ministry, they said rules without relationship equals Rebellion. Sometimes we're good on the rules part. We wonder why we have the rebellion part. We're missing that equation, the piece of the equation that's about the relationship. You see, what hangs in the balance of a kid's heart is anger, despair, depression, and even worse, resentment. Dads, we can place unreasonable demands on them. So God tells us that we need to nurture their hearts. Don't abuse authority. That's the negative part, and that's good. We get that out of the way. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger by the way you treat them. All right, we're, we're past that. All right, rather or instead of, instead of doing that, do this. Rather, the Bible says bring them up. What are we supposed to do? We're not supposed to make them feel less than. We're supposed to make them feel more than. We're not supposed to put them down. We're supposed to raise them up. We're not to pull the rug out from underneath them. We're to build them up. We want to build up their self-esteem. We want to build them, build them up. So rather bring them up. Now, how are we to bring them up? So in other words, I want to raise a princess warrior when it comes to Riley. And with Jaden and Gavin, I want them to be warriors for God. I don't want them to, they're going to face fear. I don't want them to lose to fear. We all face fear, but we don't have to lose to fear. We can be like David and be an overcomer. In fact, God says you are overcomers. In fact, he says you're more than overcomer. Dad, you need to know this today. You're more than overcomer. And if you've got a daughter, raise her up to be a mighty princess warrior. Dad, if you got boys, raise them up. Raise them up. Don't just raise them up to be a man. Raise them up to be a godly man. There's a difference. There's a difference. So don't provoke them. Bring them up. We are to bring these kids up. To bring them up means I got to have my hands in it. Means I got to be close enough to them. Means I got to get involved. Whatever they love, I need to love. Even if I don't love it, I love it now. Are you with me? Let's not try to make them love just what we love. That's a quick way for them not to like what we like. Let's find out who God made them to be, who God created them to be, and let's join God in the process. Let's see what God is doing in their hearts, and let's join God. That's called experiencing God, by the way, looking and seeing where God's at work and then joining Him in the process. And so let's see where God's at work, how He shaped them, how He's formed them. Let's jump right in the middle, and let's raise them up. How do we raise them up? How do we raise them up? Two things real fast. Scripture says this. It says, bring them up with the discipline and instruction that comes from the Lord. Here's the first word, discipline, discipline. We're talking about compassionate correction. Not punishment. You want to correct them. But it's not just punishment. There's a time. There's a place. But it's just not all. We don't want the kids scared of us. Daddy's home. I'm going to go in my room. We need to have compassionate correction. Dad, that's what you did for me. When I forget what I did, I, I think. Um, and, uh, you know, 
you, you were like, Tim, you're going to get a spanking. And, and then, Dad, you said, no, you're going to give me a spanking. I'm going to take it for you. And, uh, you know, I'll never forget that. I'll never forget thinking, you didn't do it. I did the wrong. It should be me. And then when the whole thing's over, you said, that's what Jesus did for you, Tim. That compassionate correction. Um, Proverbs 13.24 says, a refusal to correct is a refusal to love. So love your children by disciplining them. Listen, look right here. Look right here. Listen, listen, listen. You have to discipline your kids. It got real quiet. I thought it would. Because we live in a culture that says, let them do whatever. Yeah, I've talked to some school teachers about how that one's working. We've got to raise them up. We've got to bring them up. If you love them, discipline them. But do it out of a compassionate heart. Are you with me? That's how God does us. That's how God loves us. God's not up in heaven with a Louisville slugger saying, oh, come on, do it, do it, come on, boy. That's not God. That's some people's impression of God. That ain't not my God. That's not God. But the Bible also tells us who he loves, he corrects. If you love your kids, correct them. Correct them. You've got to discipline them. Dads, we get this in sports because we understand the fundamentals of whatever game we're trying to teach them. Sports is about the discipline of it. I don't want to go to practice. You signed up, Johnny. Get in the car. I don't feel like it. Great. Do I have to? No, son, you don't. Oh, good, Dad. No, we get to. Get in the car. Right? I mean, that's, right? that's, that's how it goes, right? That's the discipline. It's doing things we don't want to do. And teaching our kids, bringing them up about discipline. Listen, do things that you, you don't want to do. That's actually good for you. Do that. It's discipline. I told Jaden when we were at the mission trip, Jaden, get a shower early. Get, get, get up. If you don't want to wait in line for everyone, get up early. The early bird gets the worm. Discipline your kids. And I want my kids to understand that discipline that isn't just like the D word, you know, discipline. Oh, no, I'm getting in trouble. No, discipline's a good thing, man. Make your bed. You want to change the world? You see that video? Make your bed, right? Like start with the little things, like clean your room, responsibility. Dads, God says we're to raise them up in discipline. That's the first thing. And then he goes on and he says the second thing. I love this. He says in an instruction, in instruction, Proverbs 22, 6 says, point your kids in the right direction, and when they're old, they won't be lost. Dads, we get the opportunity to point them, to release them, and it's so much easier to raise a boy than rebuild a man. I'm going to clap for that. I'm going to clap for that. It's so much easier don't wait till they're 27. I got daddy issues because dad was too busy. It's great to provide. But God says that's not enough, dad. He says you got to raise them up. Now we get it. Some of my friends in here today went fishing yesterday. And I heard, I heard y'all like, y'all got your fill, right? Yeah, boy. What was it? Mingo? Snapper? Caught the limit? Is that right? That's awesome, man. That's amazing. There's something about when you know you got that fish. Are you trying to get it up before it gets off? Or for some other fish says, thank you very much. I was looking for something to eat. You anglers know what I'm talking about. We want to get it up and get it in the boat. That's how it is with kids. We want to raise them up, point them in the direction, and release them. That's what we want to do. Ronald Reagan was once asked, what's the greatest, what's the greatest accomplishment you've ever done? What's the thing you're most proud of? President Ronald Reagan said that my kids love me. And that they still want to come home. He said, even when they don't have to, because they're not under my roof now. He said, they want to. That's how, that's how we're to do it. God gives us this little insight, and we're, we're done. He gives us this insight to his love as a father, and it's found, it's found in Hosea chapter 11. I was sitting in a deer stand this week, waiting on a pig to come out. We are playing hide and seek. He stayed hiding. I stayed seeking. <laughs> I wanted to take this little piggy to the market, but he, he wouldn't come out. So I'm sitting there. And I'm like, well, this is a great time to work on my message. And the Lord showed me something. I'm, I never really saw this before. I've read it, but it just jumped out. This is God's heart for Israel. But it, for you and me today, 2018, this shows, this is like open heart surgery. If we could open the heart of Almighty God and look in, what we would see is God's love for us, a father's love for his children 
and it's filled with compassion. He said, when Israel was a child, I loved him and I called him my son out of Egypt. But the more I called to him, the farther he moved from me, offering sacrifices to the images of Baal. Those were false idols and burning incense to idols. I, God, he says, I myself taught Israel how to walk, leading him along by the hand. But he doesn't know or even care that it was I who took care of him. I led Israel along with my ropes of kindness and love. I lifted the yoke from his neck, and I myself stooped to feed him. Here's what God gave me. God said, Tim, I love them. Fathers, love them. He said, I called them. Fathers, call them. And, and be very strategic how you call them. Give them a nickname. Don't call them something bad. Call them something good. Don't call them what they are. Call them what you believe them to be. God said, teach them. He said, lead them. He said, take care of them. He said, show them kindness and love. Show them kindness and love. See, Dad, sometimes we can be right. I'm just, I'm preaching to me today. I'm preaching to me. Sometimes I can be right but if you're not kind, you're wrong. Kindness and love. Number seven, God said, I lifted it off of them. And number eight, he said, I stooped to serve them. Dads, man, let's put the pop back in Papa. Come on. Let's put the pop back in Papa. Let's, let's, let's stoop. Let's stoop to serve them, to feed them, to love on them. And if there is something on your kid that doesn't need to be on, their, on your kid, then don't wait for someone else to come along. Don't wait for a principal or a school teacher or a coach to come along or a pastor or a children ministry to come along. You're the dad. Get in the game, dad. Wake up, dad. Summers are going by, dad. Like, it's, we're going to miss this, dad. If we're not careful, we got to get in the game. If there's something on them that doesn't, belong on them don't resent them because you see something on them that was on you get in the game pick it up off of them lift the heavy weight off of them tell them who they are tell them who they are I close with this little little boy Stevie went to school <sighs> went to school his teacher said what, what do y'all want to be write it down and stand up in front of the class tell everyone what am I going to be when I grow little Stevie stood up in front of the class and he looked and he said I grow up I'm going to be on TV and I'm going to make people laugh and his teacher said Stevie anybody in your family on television making people laugh Go back to your seat. Write down something you could really do. Little Stevie went back with the tears in his eyes. And he struggled because that's all he knew he wanted to do. And he went home. And dad was in the game. Dad picked up on something was wrong with Stevie. And dad said, Stevie, what's wrong, son? With shame on him. Stevie said what had happened to him at school. Stevie's dad walked up to him and he lifted his head, put his hands around his face, and he said, Son, let me see that paper. And he read it out loud because there's something about a son hearing a father speak over him. I think Father God did that at one point, didn't he? He say, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. And Stevie's dad said, you take this. You put this in your top drawer. He said, Stevie, I want you to read it every day. And I want you to believe it. Because, son, this is ex exactly what you're going to do one day. And you and I, we love watching and laughing. Steve Harvey. Because there was a daddy. Who is in the game? 
mistreat them, dads. Let's not mistreat them. It's a privilege and an honor to be a dad. And I just want to speak over y'all. I just believe with all my heart you're here today and say, you know, I struggle in some areas. I want to say to you, dad, no matter how old you are, it's always great to have humility. You can go back. It happened 20 years ago. Go back and apologize. Make it right. Make it right. If you've got a great relationship with your children, keep it going. Great job. If you're out of touch with them, you make the effort. Wait on them. You make the effort. And may we all, dads, have the joy in our heart of knowing that we gave 100%. We left it all out on the field. We were in the moment. We got our hands dirty. We were present because there's no gift like being present. Let's pray. Jesus, we love you so much. and God, I need your help. I want to be a father like you. I want to call them and lead them and stoop to serve them and lift things off of them that doesn't need to be there. I want to I be a dad like you, God. Father God, I want to be just like you because I know my kids want to be just like me. Father God, I want to be a holy example for my young ones to see. And I pray over every dad today that he wouldn't be beaten down, but that he would understand that we have a job to do. And it's not just at work, and it's not just bringing home the bacon. But rather, it's about making sure we're present. Because that's what our children need more than anything. Help us, strengthen us, show us, encourage us. Lord, if there's shame on us, remove it today because you're a heavenly father you're a good good father if we've messed up if we've walked with with, for decades with shame on us because we screwed up lord just help us to go back and to make it right god i pray lord if our kids are still young may we understand that they grow up so fast that they'll be out before we know it we're going to miss this god may we may we cherish is the word every moment we have in the name of Jesus, I pray. If you're a dad, I want you to come up here right now. If you're Navarre and your father, I want you to walk to the front right now. Right now. Don't hesitate. You know, you know if you're a dad, walk up here right now. Walk up here right now. That's right. Walk up here right now. Come on. You know what I love about men? We like a good challenge right? We show up to the gym, right? We showed up to work out. That's why we go. We didn't just go to look in the mirror, right? We showed up to sweat. Isn't that what we did? We showed up to leave exhausted. We showed up to get to that last rep where our arms are trembling, and we're like, ah, and we give everything we got, right? That's what I love about how God wired our hearts as men. And there's a battle to fight. There's a battle to fight. And here's what I want you to know. You weren't created to do it on your own. We need each other. We need each other. So let's encourage each other. Scripture says encourage each other to keep on going, to keep doing the good works. Is there a better work than raising our kids to know God and to love God, to respect God, to walk humbly before Him? There's no greater gift. And we can't do this by ourselves. We're not a one-man show. So God put men, and he puts men, and he places men in other men's lives because we need each other. I need you. I need you. I need you. You need me. We need each other. So let's stop, like, just putting it in a place in our heart, locking the door, ignoring it's there, trying to forget it because it's too painful. If you're struggling, if you need help, man, if you don't know what to do, it is okay, man, to say I'm stuck. It's okay to ask for help, but I'm a grown man. It's okay. It's okay. In fact, God says if we ask for wisdom. I don't know your individual relationships with your kids. I only know mine and my kids. 
right? But I do know this. He's a good, good father. And if we ask him for wisdom, God will give us wisdom. And that wisdom, it will be exactly what we need to raise each one of our kids up, no matter how young or old or different from each other that they really are. And I'd encourage you. I'd encourage you, man. If you're not in group, you need to get in group. It's not a plug for community groups. This is a plug for life. You want life? Man, dude, I'm telling you, there are men standing in this, in this semicircle, kind of. I do life with, man. When I get stuck, I tell them, I'm struggling here. I need your help. And you know what? They lift me up. And I try to help lift them up. We need each other. And being a daddy isn't easy. Is it? They say bringing home the bacon is hard sometimes. It's discouraging sometimes. It's lonely sometimes kicks our butts sometimes that's all the more reason why we need each other so let's just like be real it's okay be vulnerable man we don't like talking about that as men but if you're struggling man nothing nothing better than being vulnerable say i'm struggling here god always goes to humility and just because you're a man listen god knows you're not perfect we're not perfect we need each other you don't have to carry it on your own Sometimes we feel like the wife doesn't understand. And sometimes she doesn't. Sometimes we don't. We're different, aren't we? Men need each other. We need each other. My prayer is that you find a Christian man that you can walk through with this life. You can pick up the phone when you're struggling. You can do life together. At this church is why we do groups. We do that to help each other because it is hard. Is it hard, men? But you know what? And I, this is weird. This is the good stuff. I mean, this is almost as good as bacon and hot fudge right here. If you didn't get some, you need to get some. You know what? We weren't built for easy. The ingredients I see here, yeah. God smiled when he made you. There's strength within you. And I pray today you allow God to bring it up and out of and I pray this Jesus over every father in Navarre over every father that's standing in Blackwater over every father that's right here in Gulf Breeze God I pray that you would help us to be come on men like the movie 300 look right here y'all remember that movie right you remember that it's something about the, the shields coming together I love that movie. I feel closer to Jesus when I watch movies like that, man. It stirs up how God wired me. Are you with me? Yeah, man, there's something about the shields coming together. Jesus, I pray that the shields, the shield of faith, would link next to the shield of faith to the man standing beside him, next to the shield of faith to the godly man standing next beside him, next to the shield of faith to the man standing behind him, God. And I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would help us to realize, God, that we can do more, we can accomplish more when we realize that we are in this struggle, we are in this battle together. And I pray it in the name above every name, the name of Jesus and all God's people said, amen. I love you, man. Happy Father's Day. I hope you feel encouraged. I hope you feel challenged. I hope you feel strengthened. I hope you feel equipped today. Go home, tell your kids, who's your daddy? I'm your daddy. Who's your daddy? I'm your daddy. And I want to give, I want to give, thank you. I want to give everyone an opportunity to let the love of a heavenly father do something amazing in your heart today. Never like to end a gathering. Never like to close a gathering without giving everyone, including kids and teenagers, men and women alike, an opportunity to say yes to Jesus. God, our Heavenly Father, gave us His only Son because that was the price of admission to heaven. It was the innocent for the guilty to trade places, substitution, so that you and I could be made right with Holy God. So God gave us His Son. And while we were sinners, Christ Jesus died. Why? For us. Because he's for us. God's not mad at you. He is madly in love with you. And today, we have some good news. 
that if you would transfer your trust from yourself or your religion or your theology or your pride, if you would transfer it to Christ alone and believe that he died, he was buried, and he rose again. Scripture says if we'll confess or declare that Jesus is Lord and believe that God raised him from the dead, we will be saved. And that's not just saved like forever one day in heaven. That's some saving right here on earth, dude. I love the fact that God doesn't just wait till we get to heaven. Jesus is life, and he's life abundantly, and Jesus wants to save your life right now. He wants to save your life. He wants to save your soul. He wants to come inside and make you whole. And today is your day. If you're here without him, it doesn't matter. Jesus says, come to you to you today come and how we do it in momentum is I'll lead in a sinner's prayer I'm going to pray it you're not praying to me you're not praying through me I'm a sinner I hope you get that I try to be real with you guys I try to tell you where I screw up and mess up and then I fessed up none of us are perfect so you're not praying to me I'm not the one between us and God that's Jesus he was suspended between heaven and earth so that he could connect heaven and earth and today if you'll call on the name of will be saved. That word saved means forgiven. Whitewashed. Clean. Brand new. So with heads bowed and eyes closed, let's talk to God, can we? Would you pray with me? Some of y'all are going to pray this for the first time. When we're done praying, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand on the count of three. We won't embarrass you. But I want you to raise that hand. We got a gift for you. We want you to know heaven's celebrating you. We're celebrating with you. So let's pray, shall we? Here we go. Ready? Just repeat after me. Jesus, thank you for loving me. Thank you for proving you loved me. By dying on the cross for all of my sins. I confess today I'm a sinner and I need a Savior. I confess today that Jesus is Lord. And I believe today that Jesus, you're alive. You rose from the dead. So because of that, I give you my life and I receive your life. Now teach me how to live. In Jesus' name, amen. Every campus, including online, Blackwater, Navarre, Gulf Priest, if you did that today, man or woman, child or teenager, you prayed and invited Jesus into your life for the first time on the count of three. I want you to hold it up. I want you to raise it up. I don't want you to hesitate. I don't want you to, don't wait, don't hesitate. Don't procrastinate. I want you to raise it up. Let's celebrate. That's what I'm talking about on the count of three. Here we go. You ready? One, two, three. Right now, raise it up. I pray that prayer. Hold it up. That's right. That's right, come on. That's right, hold it up high. Let's go, Blackwater, hold it up. Come on, Navarre, hold it up. Hold it up. That's right. So proud of you guys. 